0: You are listening to uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. welcome to another episode of Uncomfortable, the podcast that has comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. I'm your host, Debbie Roach. And in this episode, I have a conversation with poet Bailey Noella. Now, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to mention that Uncomfortable is an independent podcast and needs your support. You can support us financially by visiting uncomfortable.blog. If you're a small business that aligns with our values, then reach out to us about sponsorship opportunities. You can email me at hello at uncomfortable.blog. If you can't financially support the pod, then hey, no worries. Just keep listening and consider giving us five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Now let me tell you a little bit about my guest and today's episode. Bailey Noella is a poet who writes for personal catharsis and to help others feel less alone. Drawing inspiration from poets like Charles Bukowski and Alex Dimitrov, Bailey seeks to remove the stigma from mental illness through her work. It is for the same reason that she founded the streetwear brand Sino Apparel, which features designs that raise awareness of mental health issues. Bailey also works as an editor, book marketer, freelance writer and fashion stylist. Now, in this episode, Bailey speaks to her recently published work, Bathtub in Flames, which is poetry based on her experience of sexual abuse. So I just wanted to give a trigger warning to our listeners. If you are listening to this and you have experienced sexual abuse in the past and you feel that this might bring up some trauma, then, you know, you might just want to skip this episode. We have lots of other episodes and other topics that you can check out. If you do want to go ahead and listen, please do remember to take care of yourself during and after the episode. This podcast was recorded and produced in Vancouver, BC, the land on which I work on is the unceded shared traditional territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil Nations. Bailey, thank you so much for joining me on Uncomfortable. Uh, we are actually recording this on Christmas Eve. So I um, appreci- appreciate your time and- in the busiest season. Absolutely.
1: I appreciate you having me on here and I hope you're having a good Christmas
0: Eve so far. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's been lovely. It's still early here. so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, for reaching out because I know you had reached out. You have your book of poetry that just uh, came out. So we will talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, before we dive into the, the questions, please feel free to share a bit about yourself and, and your poetry. Yeah.
1: Um, so I've been writing poetry since I was super young, um, so I've always wanted to do this. But on the side, I do fashion styling. Um, I run a streetwear brand of my own that also focuses on um, taking the shame out of mental illness. So this is something I'm really um, passionate about. Um, but yeah I don't know (laughs) pretty much just uh, published this month and I'm doing some marketing um, looking into getting into Barnes and Noble and trying to do what I can to spread the word about trauma and childhood sexual abuse so that's the goal with this book.
0: Wow yeah no it's it's been fantastic I've been reading it and I'm not someone I like poetry but I don't tend to seek it out so it's actually been really nice to kind of read it again because it's been so long um and you know there's definitely some poems in there that that struck me quite hard which you know I'd love to kind of hear more about your process but I'll um I'd love to start with just kind of what like when did you realize that you needed to start this healing process like when was that moment, that aha moment um, that you realized you needed to kind of write to to kind of cope or deal with the trauma that you'd gone through? Yeah,
1: I think for the trauma outside of the sexual abuse, um, the other types of trauma that I was enduring um, with an alcoholic parent and the emotional and verbal abuse that often comes with that, I kind of always have the sense of I need to start the process toward being not this person. I need to start the process of learning what better, more healthy coping mechanisms are. And so I've been writing poetry, like I said, since I was a kid to better deal with that. With the sexual abuse, I did um, have some amnesia about my childhood. I talk about that in my author's note. I forgot the majority of my childhood. And I didn't realize that that was odd until I had a conversation with a friend about, you know, what's your earliest memory? And I'm like, oh, 13. Once I started digging and I understood why that was, why I had forgotten uh, and the trauma that I faced and what these nightmares that I was having were about, why my, bio- my body reacted certain ways to certain things. Um, I know immediately I need to start doing that inner healing work because my inner child is suffering from this still. And there's no wonder that I'm so anxious. There's no wonder that I'm in pain so frequently. So yeah, I knew from the start, as soon as it hit me, you know, I had a moment where I just realized I was sexually abused. A lot of people don't know that people who suffer from trauma often forget the trauma that they've endured. And so it can sound like a movie moment to have this sudden realization of what's happened to you. Oh my God, I was sexually abused. That sounds like something that's fake. A lot of people think if it was that bad, you're going to remember the details. That's not always the case. So as soon as I had that realization that I was sexually abused, I immediately knew I need to start that inner healing work.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I mean, I've never gone through something like this. It's not an experience um, I can relate to. I'm just curious, like, how does it show up in your body or, or does it? Because I know often when people have trauma, it's they kind of push it down somewhere. And sometimes it comes up as an illness um, or just like a pain. Like for you, was there any kind of physical stuff that started to happen when you kind of had that realization? Yeah,
1: definitely. And even before I had the realization... I've always been a very anxious, very tense person, you know, holding my shoulders tight. Um, Intimacy has always been difficult for me for reasons I didn't understand at the time. Um, GI issues, even I have abdominal pain, um, pelvic pain. So all of these things, I'm going from specialist to specialist, what is wrong with me? And they can't figure it out. And I finally see a GI who goes, have you ever been sexually abused? And I was just like, why? Yeah, why are you asking me this? Yes, I have. And it made a lot of sense. Um, So I've, I've been carrying that pain, not only of what happened to me, but also of the anxiety about it for years. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You carry that.
0: Wow. So then when you got to your writing process, you realized, you know, this was coming up and you needed a a way to kind of cope and move through that. How did the writing help you? Like, I just, I I see writing as a healing kind of modality. I hear of that before, but like, how does getting words on a page actually help? Yeah,
1: it is really weird because, you know, when you're in therapy or you're first talking to someone about what you go through, you're just so avoidant, at least I was, of the emotions that come up. It's very scary. Um, it physically overtakes your body sometimes to relive those moments. And yet when I was writing, I was like, if I'm going to get this down on paper, I need to allow these emotions to come. And that's how you heal. You have to allow yourself to feel them. It's scary. It's overwhelming. Um But I had to do that. I had to let myself cry on page, and writing it down really allowed me to clarify okay, it's okay that I don't know the details of what happened, but here's what I do know. Here's how it's affected me. And to add logic to something that is so cruel that happened to you is difficult, but important to say, okay, this did happen, and to validate that that happened um, and write it down on paper. is really magical it was for me at least to be like you know what, this is so real that i can put words to this this is not something in my mind that exists as this ambiguous falsity it's real and i can write about it
0: wow and how did you feel like once you kind of got it down I mean, I'm sure the process never feels complete. Like, I'm not sure healing is ever something that you reach the end of. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm healed. Like, if only, if only it was. (laughs) When you got that book, when you had all the poems down and you knew that's what you wanted to to get out there. How did that feel?
1: I mean, I'm very much, I think a lot of creatives struggle with this. Things are never done. I still look at my book and I'm like, I would have changed that, but I am proud of the final result. I think it chronicles my journey. Well, there's this sense of progression in my opinion. Um, And you're absolutely right. Healing is not a destination that I think we just get to and we're fine for the rest of our lives, um, at least in my experience. So it was difficult to be like, okay, so what do I leave this off on? Because I don't want to leave people with this impression that I'm good now, I'm fine. Like there are days I still struggle. So um, I tried to show that in my book, you know, I'll start to have some poems about healing. And then all of a sudden there's this one where I'm having a flashback and that's the reality of things like this. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you, you know, you were complete and you knew you wanted to publish this, um, how did you feel when you kind of realized that you need to talk to your family and friends and let them know that this is happening? How did that go, and how did they react? Well, I was wildly
1: anxious about it, as you are with a secret like this. Um, and you know, with strangers, I've opened up to strangers even before my family. And that can sound weird or even you know, kind of rude, but with someone who isn't involved in your life, there's it's easier. So um, when I decided to write this book and share my life with anyone who wanted to read about it, I thought, you know, it's going to be kind of weird if I just publish and they find out that way. So um, for my dad, I did bring him in separately to a therapy session, just to have that third party there who can really support and advocate for me. I'm very fortunate that my dad and the rest of my family are supportive. Um, they're very understanding they try to educate themselves on these things and how best to help me. They're very present for me. But telling them, you know, and I told my brothers separately, um was <laughs> wild. I mean, my heart was racing, I was sweating. I was like in the back of my mind, I'm just, oh, what if they don't believe me or, you know, what if they get so angry they try to find out who did this? And you know, those things happen in the real world. But um I'm very fortunate that they believed me, you know, they support me. So yeah, it was it was very difficult. But I'm glad I did it. It's changed my life for the better.
0: I I bet I'm sure it probably changed your relationship yeah. with them. Do you feel like you're a lot closer? Way, closer,
1: way, <laughs> way closer. I you know, there there are other traumas that I went through outside of the sexual abuse, but growing up, the way that I kind of acted. I was a very numb child, if that makes sense. I didn't talk a lot. I didn't express a lot of joy in front of my family. Um, and I think that was because I felt so misunderstood. I I think there was some confusion about why is she so depressed? Why is she so anxious? Why doesn't she like hugs? Like these things and to have that aha moment for them. Oh my God, she's been going through this. I feel way more understood even if they haven't been through those things so I feel way closer now like it's changed my relationships for the better it's been amazing it's like a 360 for me so
0: that's that's fantastic to hear is you know the power of writing and even just communicating and on whatever way kind of works um was there anyone who was a little bit concerned even just kind of concerned for you or concerned for themselves when it came to publishing the book yeah um you know there's this
1: concern especially from my dad about what if people want to find out is that going to trigger you or are you going to be able to deal with these questions about your reality, about what you experienced. And there are days I struggle more, um, but I'm at a point in my life, especially after telling them and validating my experiences, I'm pretty open. I'm just like, this happened. Um, Some days are horrible. Other days I feel so happy to be alive and so happy to, you know, be recovering from this. So, yeah, there was a lot of fear of what if someone tries to come figure out who it is? Are you going to be able to deal with this? And um, I'm just taking it day by day. So far, things have been fine. I think we'll just see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's a powerful thing that you've just done. And I'm curious to know, like I know we've talked about your book being out there, but like this is something incredibly vulnerable that's happened. And now you've put that out into the world like is it a relief or is there still days where you feel a lot of anxiety around the fact that you published this very very personal book like how do you yes, feel about it all
1: I feel a lot of comfort in it um, I've always been that proponent of taking shame out of trauma taking shame out of mental illness I'm very open about what I go through about my struggles you know I don't really mind who knows because I'm not ashamed of it. Some people think that's oversharing. Some people know my intentions behind that. Um, so with the book being published, I'm I'm kind of like a breath of fresh air because I don't have to hide this from anyone anymore. There's a book about it, <laughs> so I'm not gonna be secretive about it. Obviously, no strangers have ever come up to me and been like, "Have you been sexually abused?" But there's this general understanding now. There's this wide understanding amongst my family and friends. She's been through this. So much makes sense. I can talk to her about this. We can have a conversation. I can advocate and educate myself for her. Um, so I find it a relief. There are days I'm nervous about what is XYZ going to say. But at the end of the day, this is my truth. And I'm going to allow it to be my truth, regardless of what anyone else says. So.
0: I yeah. love that. I love that. It's such a positive mm-hmm. message that's come from something like very harrowing that happened to such a young person. And like what is, I know we talked a little bit about this um, when we first met, Because, and I really loved like what your long-term goals are with this poetry. You had mentioned to me in the past, like you weren't looking to profit from it. It's not about that. So it's like, tell us a little bit about like your hopes, where you're going with this.
1: Yeah, long-term. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I am totally fine if this book just positively impacts one person. There's one person who goes, okay, I'm going to share my story now, or there's one person who feels less alone. I'm fine with that. Um, On a grander scale, I would love if this opens the doors for me to advocate for the education of parents because there are so many, so, so, so many signs of childhood sexual abuse that a lot of people don't see. And I would love um, to help people out with that and uh, talking about safety with their kids because there's a lot of stranger danger type of stuff and that's great. But it's really a lot of the time it's within the family. It's people you trust. It's people you know. Um, And we need to talk about that more. We need to have a discussion about that. So I would love to um, have this book open that gateway open for me to talk about that with other people.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think that is amazing. And I'm curious, just from your experience, like what advice could you give to someone who's gone through something similar to yourself? They've gone through child abuse and then they've kind of grown up and not quite knowing how to to cope or what to do with that. Like what advice would you give to them?
1: Yeah, I am such a big proponent for just having at least one person who is aware of what you've been through And I I do feel that I'm coming from a place of privilege a bit in saying that because I'm lucky enough to, despite what I've been through, I do have people in my life who are supportive. I know not everyone has that at this moment. Um, But even if it's someone online, if it's a forum, if it's a therapist, if it's a school counselor, just having someone aware of what you either are or have been through is so validating and meaningful Because to keep it inside and judge yourself for the way that you react and wonder what the truth is, what the reality is, just sucks the life out of you. At least it did for me. It was so tiring every day to question and doubt and minimize my traumas and to have, you know, when I first told my therapist about it, I got this immediate feedback that was so helpful. You went through this. Your mind is going to try to tell you, oh, it wasn't that bad. Or you're making this up. You went through this and that's okay. And now let's start the process. Let's, let's dig into this as you're ready. Um, And yeah, if people have those connections to open up like that, I highly, highly recommend sharing your story if you're in a place to do so. I just, I know that it's not possible for everyone, but if you can find that, please do.
0: Yeah, even if it's just kind of writing it out on yeah. a piece of paper and, and no one sees it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and and you know, in your case, your poetry was beautiful. It seems like a really great healing process that that worked for you. Um, and you know, I I would love for you to read a couple. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure we we plug your your book yeah. uh, <laughs> before we go any further. So bathtub bathtub in flames is your book of poetry i will make sure that we link to it in the show notes it's available on amazon and i know you're you're getting it into other places so hopefully we'll see it in stores and other online stores other than amazon (laughs) um, around the world (laughs) i know um and i I did uh, download it too so i'm in canada which is great because sometimes you know some things are available in the u.s and not in canada but Hey, Canadians, it's on Amazon.ca. Um, so, yeah, um, there was there was so many poems that really struck me. And as you said, like, you can tell, like, you're going through a process, like the way you've, you've structured the book and the placement of each poem um, was just, like, beautifully laid out. And it's like we're going on that journey with you. And then you can see the ones that are slightly more, mm-hmm. you know, and positive and then the ones where there's a lot there's a lot and uh definitely you know i think the first time when i i read knee scraper (laughs) i had to like take a moment um and and for people who you are perhaps not big poets like myself, I'm always a bit worried that I'm not going to quite understand, right? Because <laughs> it's not really my world. But but you you make it just uh, it's you really know what you're talking about in your feelings and um it's it's I don't want to say it's an easy read because it's very hard hitting, but it's understandable and it's just so beautifully crafted. Um yeah, so. I mean, not just Knee Scraper, but there was a couple of other ones, quite a few other ones that got me. So, um, yeah, I would love for you to to decide which one you would love to read out to our listeners. And they can get a little preview and then they can pop on Amazon or whatever you buy your books and and download it.
1: Definitely. I'll read the um, one that's the same as the book title, I guess. Um, I'd be happy to do that. Um, I do have a bit of a cringy reading voice sometimes, so hopefully that's forgivable. But, um, yeah, and this one, the thing about my book as well, I was very careful to put um, separators. There are just three stars between the title and the poem. Um, any poem that I allude to or directly mention sexual abuse, I do put that as a trigger warning, just so it's a little bit a little bit more accessible to people who have gone through this. I know there are days you cannot read about stuff like this, so. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just get into it. So this is bathtub in flames. It's hard to say what happened for sure. Your brain shuts down when things are too horrific to live through, but your body stores the memories, pries your skin open and shoves the hurt in a bed of muscle and somewhere down the line, whether it's months or decades later, the seed crawls from its plot, climbs into your brain. You never really forget. The icy tiles beneath my feet and the hum of the bathroom fan all seem miles away. His hands go where they don't belong and I am set on fire. Nerves melting and numb, my mind turning to ash, I burn alive to escape the pain. I know there was a lot going on with the divorce and work. Life gets busy, but I would have given up anything in this world for you to notice the bathtub in flames.
0: That was lovely, thank you. When you read them back, like when you read them to yourself, like what comes up for you? Are you kind of at the stage where you're okay with reading them? Or do you still feel sometimes a a, a massive kind of eruption of emotions? It really depends.
1: Um, Like right now, I I kind of feel removed from it. Uh, That sounds weird. I I wrote this, you know, I went through this, but um, I do feel like I'm kind of that third party outside looking in. I'm reading somebody else's poetry and that is why I I do struggle with reading it out loud sometimes Um, because yes, it's my voice, but it's also like, who is this? And I've always felt that um, out of body experience with my life. (laughs) So that goes for my writing. I do sometimes feel that way about my own poetry, but there are other days where I just feel for that child, you know, for myself, for my younger self. I'm like, damn, (laughs) damn, I wish someone could have been there for you. I wish this type of cruelty didn't exist. Um, and I feel for her more. It is me, obviously, but I'm a 22-year-old woman. I I have done a lot of healing. I still have some really shitty days, but um, I'm not in that position anymore. I'm not being abused anymore. And I hope I can keep doing this healing work so that I can take her out of that because I do feel like she's still living there sometimes. So yeah, it can be hard to think about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredible that you put it out there. I mean, you're still incredibly young. Um, So to kind of make that realization very young in your, your life that you need to to, to do the healing is is fantastic because not a lot of people, it may even take them a lot longer to kind of get there. Um, thank you so much for sharing that and for chatting with me. Um, would you mind reading one more? It can be a much shorter one, whichever one you feel more comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, I'd be happy to. <laughs> you
1: know, I'll do knee scraper since you talked about that one, actually. Let me find it real quick. <laughs> so this is knee scraper. I used to intentionally scrape my knees just to see the neighbor kid. I tumbled from my bike every chance I got, and he pointed out my bloody elbows every time I rode to his house. One hand still gripping the Coke can I brought him, the other outstretched for the two quarters he owed me. Another fall, he would pout, pulling a tattered Band-Aid from his pocket. I would smile sheepishly and watch him stick it to my skin. It meant a lot back then to have a boy checking up on me when my father and brothers couldn't, did not and when the other only other men in my life were molesting me. The last time I saw him was a week before my family was due to move. Hey there, knee scraper, he said. How many scabs today? I hoped I had enough to last a while. Quite a few, I told him. No problem, he said, wiping the blood from my legs. I didn't tell him I was moving away, or that I had fallen as hard as I could before coming to see him. No problem, he said, wiping the tears from my face.
0: I love that one, because it's just like... A tiny act of kindness that could really stick with a kid.
1: Yeah, and he has no clue. (laughs) He has no idea. I haven't spoken to this guy in so long, but he was very impactful on me.
0: No, that was fantastic. I really appreciate you sharing this. And just appreciate the fact that you've put this out into the world i think it's amazing and i'm sure that there's going to be lots of lots of people who get a lot from your poetry Mm -hmm. so i wish you all the best with the book and i will share the links in the show notes bailey it's been a pleasure thank you so much thank you for having me Thank you so much for listening, my friends. You can connect with Bailey over on all of the social media platforms. She is at at Bailey Noella and I'll spell that out for you. It's B A I L E E. N-O-E-L-L-A of course the link will be in the show notes to all her social media platforms and I'll also make sure to post the link to her book of poetry um, which you can purchase if you so wish and I hope you do. Uh, you can also check out her clothing brand Sino Apparel by visiting the website sinoapparel.com and that's C-Y-N-O-A-P-P-A-R-E-L lcom You can find this little podcast by visiting uncomfortable.blog or we are on social media too. You can follow us on Instagram at uncomfortable.blog or Twitter at uncomfy underscore podcast. Thank you again for listening. Now go out there and get uncomfortable.